the earth continues to circle. And there's all these things that we yeah, move true, from one thing to another. Like, we have these transitions in life where we begin to transition to different things. And so this morning we're continuing this series on moving from to. And more specifically, we're going to move from anxiety to prayer. From anxiety to prayer. Before I do that, I want to just give a few announcements. First, if you're a guest with us today, we definitely appreciate you being here with us. You'll notice right in front of you, you'll find a card right here called the Connection Card. If you can take a few moments to fill that out for us, that would be great. And on your way out, you can drop it right in the offering basket. It's actually right there at the back of the door. You can drop it right in there. And that's just for us to be able to better serve you and help you and connect with you. And uh, you'll also notice on the back, if you're, whether you're been here for the first time or the hundredth time or more, uh, it's worth a place for prayer requests. Every Wednesday night we come together for prayer. Uh, we're believing with God. We're united together. We're agreeing together over each of these prayer requests. And we're, we're seeing different requests answered. We're seeing God begin to work in circumstances we've been praying for. And so I want to encourage you to break down your prayer requests. If you don't tell us, we don't know. And we want to pray with you. We want to agree with you. And um, you're not alone in whatever you're going through. Make sure you fill out those prayer requests. Now there is a box there for you could say if it's confidential for leadership only, it will only go around to our leadership and not to our Wednesday night prayer group. But there's also a box that says this is public for the church. So that gives us the ability to hand those out on Wednesday night as we pray together over them. So I want to encourage you to do that this morning. Next week, I also want to let you know that Bloom is going to be here. You might remember Bloom. Uh, they're based right here in uh, Buzzards Bay. And they're doing a great work with girls who are going through different troubles in their lives. And Bloom is a, it's a ministry of teen challenge. But it's a specific girls' branch, and actually most of the girls in this program are, I think, 12 and up. So a lot of young girls there. Um, so they're going to be with us next Sunday, and we're going to be blessing them uh, next for September with our Hope Restored Prophets. So our Hope Restored Prophets are going to go towards the, uh, the Bloom girls. Uh, also, you know, be prepared if you'd like to give a love offering. We always like to take a good love, love offering to them as well to help them out in the great work that they're doing. Uh, next week, we're also going to do a prayer for students. How many know that Baptist school is upon us, for better or for worse? Many no, of you may not already gone. that, but, um, but in our household, we're trying to prepare you know, for this upcoming mm-hmm. school year. And uh, so next week, we're going to have prayer for students. And how many know that our parents also need some prayer? And, uh, and teachers, you know, for those that are working with kids, we think it's important to send them off and to send them into these schools to be light to the world, to be light and salt in the world. And so we're going to have a special blessing for them. Um, also, we're going to introduce to you uh, Max and Alyssa. We're going to be working with our anchor students. So middle school, 6th grade through 12th grade. We're going to be working with them starting on uh, the first Thursday night every month. But this particular Thursday, because it's Labor Day weekend, we're going to do the second first Thursday night. Every month. Um, but that's going to be a great time. And Max and Alyssa are very excited about doing the work there and, uh, and getting to know the students and pouring into their lives. I also want to let you know that if you want to encourage others, if you come on Sunday morning, or maybe you're watching online, and you, you're, you come here Sunday morning, and you're encouraged by the message, or something that really hit you, or something that you know a friend or family member might appreciate, I would encourage you to, to take the links from our messages. They're on Facebook, and I also upload them to YouTube on Tuesday. Take those links and share them. Let other people know uh, the encouragement of the gospel, you know, what we're preaching here. And I think that could be a great encouragement to you and a great encouragement to them. It might even provide opportunities for you to, t- to talk with them about Christ. And so I want to encourage you to do that this morning. So getting back to moving from 
anxiety to prayer. From anxiety to prayer. Sarah Fader was a 37-year-old social media consultant in Brooklyn. She had a form of generalized anxiety disorder. And she texted a friend in Oregon about a visit that was, she was about to take to New York. And when a quick response did not come, she posted on Twitter to her 16,000-plus followers, I don't hear from my friend for a day. My thought, they don't want to be my friend anymore. She wrote, attending the hashtag, hashtag, this is what anxiety feels like. Thousands of people were soon offering up their own examples of their hashtag, this is what anxiety feels like. And it was retweeted thousands of times. You might say that Miss Fader struck a nerve. She said, if you're a human being and you're not anxious, she said on the telephone, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with This is a prevailing philosophy in the world that's slipper. But we must ask ourselves, is it true? Must you have a life filled with anxiety to be a human being? I do believe that we can all feel anxious at times to different degrees. Maybe a better question is, if I do begin to feel anxious, how do I fend that off? What do I do when it comes up? How do I manage the anxiety that I feel? Another good question would be, is worry and anxiety the same thing? We're going to see this morning that there's some key differences between worry and anxiety, but dealing with each has a similar prescription. So when we think about worry versus anxiety, the first thing we want to recognize and acknowledge is that we live in a world where there's a lot happening today. Many would say it's chaotic. It seems like, especially over the past year and a half, things have been all over the place. And that's enough for any one of us to have worry or anxiety about the future, to be thinking about the future and wonder what is the future going to look like. And we can be honest about it, we know that the media, regardless of political leaning, feeds into and makes even more anxiety. They serve up anxiety 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we keep going back for more. For some, the media has even become an addiction. You have to know what's going on every minute, every day. And you wonder why you feel the anxiety. But there's some key differences between worry and anxiety. Worry is temporary. It goes away. So concerning maybe COVID-19, you worry about it. But then your worry causes you to use your problem-solving skills and try to address your concerns the best you can and try to think through logically how you're going to handle it. But anxiety is something that's persistent. It continues on, even when the concerns are unrealistic. It often compromises your ability to function. Now, anxiety is something that affects over 40 million adults in America. 40 million. So it's not something that I want to joke about today. It's, it's real. And it impacts many people. And I don't want to minimize in any way those that experience living in a world with an anxiety disorder. You may need to choose or seek treatment, and I would encourage you to do so. But there may be a very important piece that you're missing in your treatment. 
So if you're already seeking treatment for this, it's okay. But there may be a piece of the puzzle that's missing that can help you kind of get over the hump, that can help you break the chains of anxiety. And just like any other symptoms of our brokenness, I want to speak boldly from God's Word. Why? Because God's Word does not return void. I want to speak God's truth. I want to pray boldly and believe that God can heal anxiety and that His Word can change the way that we think about anxiety. I also want to acknowledge and give grace to those who have had a different experience. You who have prayed for healing or tried to follow God's Word, but you have not quite yet seen the breakthrough. I would look at God's Word as a solution manual for life. In over thousands of years of testing and trials, I've really been through a lot of testings and trials over the years. It has proven 100% effective if used as prescribed. And all the testing is 100% effective if used as prescribed. I would say it's a pretty good testing rate. I would say if we found anything that was 100%, it's probably good. If the recommended treatment is followed and trusted. So today, this morning, I speak with humility about God's ability to break the chains of anxiety. But how? How do we break these chains? Let's go to the manual. Number one, the first thing we do to, to break these chains is to come and take. To come and take. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning. It says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. See, Jesus was speaking these words to the fringe of society. And while most of the religious people snubbed their nose at them, ignored them, Pretended like they weren't there. It added weight. They added weight of the law to their shoulders they, that they could never really overcome. And the people on the fringe were unwanted. They were unseen. They were carrying these heavy burdens, these problems. They were carrying these struggles day by day, day after day. And if you carry the struggle for a long time, you know how that weight continues to compound over time. And it gets heavier and heavier with each step. Each step gets harder to take and few of the religious people wanted to get involved enough to help them with the weight that they carried. Jesus said that they would, no, they would no longer have to carry this weight of all their sin, or the weight of all their problems, the weight of all their anxiety on their own. They can find rest for their souls. How many of you have had just a long day, or if you were traveling, you finally get into that chair or maybe in your bed and rest. How healing that is. And just even the moment, finally, I can lay down in my bed. So Jesus offers rest to those who come to him. He gives an indication. He doesn't just give a list of do this or don't do this. He invites them to a relationship. The first instruction is to come. And the Pharisees all said, do, 
do and do not, do and do not, do and do not. Jesus comes saying something a little bit different. Come. To come to him means to trust him. To drop your worries, your cares, your burdens, your anxiety at his feet. Like the old hymn often sung at the Billy Graham Crusades, just as I am. It's just saying, come. Come as you are. You don't have to fix yourself. You don't have to find rest for yourself. Just come. This invitation is open to those who are exhausted and burdened down. Has anyone felt exhausted or burdened down over the past year and a half? Different moments? Maybe not 100% of the time. Maybe you had some ebbs and flows. You had some ups and downs. You had some times where you're, you're doing fine with everything and everything seemed to be okay. And other times where it just seemed to kick you in the gut. If you are feeling burdened by the weight and the cares of this life, this invitation to come to Jesus is for you. It's for me. Your first come toward your, your first step toward freedom is to come to Jesus. The next instruction he says is to take. And this is another level of relationship. It's one thing to come, it's a different thing to take. When, he, when we come to Christ by faith, he gives us rest. But then he says, take on my yoke. Take on my yoke. Then you will find the rest of your souls. Notice that we are taking the action. To take on a yoke meant to become a disciple. It was being paired together. It was maybe you're weak and initiated, emaciated, but God is strong and all-powerful. You're connected to him. There's a strong connection. It also has implications that we do not have to carry our burdens alone. See, we take on the yoke. We take it on. We agree to it. We humble ourselves before God so that the burdens we carry become light. Why do they become light? Because he can carry the load. He can do the work. But it has to be taken. We have to willingly submit our lives, our struggles, our cares, our anxieties to his yoke. And it says that his yoke is easy, his burden is light. You see, you have to be willing, here's the word everybody hates, you have to be willing to surrender. Until you take on that yoke, you will only be spinning your wheels and continuing to attempt to carry all of that weight on your own. Do you want to break the chains of anxiety? Yeah. Come to Jesus first of all. And take. Take on his yoke. Second thing we do is we cast your cares. You cast your cares. First Peter 5, 6 through 7 says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all of your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Notice the pattern we see. We first submit ourselves to God. Here it says, humble yourself before God, under his hands. And when you humble yourself before him, he will lift you up in honor. It's the same idea as taking the yoke. It's, it's taking it on. It's humbling yourself before him, saying, I can't carry this load anymore on my own. I need your help. And I like the Greek word here. It means to cast or throw, not just to give your worries, not just to give your cares, but it has this vision of throwing them off of you, 
casting them off of you. I like that picture. The action of throwing the cares onto someone else, onto something else. So what are we saying here? First he says, come to me. Take on my yoke. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Notice that all three actions, all three are actions that we must take. We come to him. We take on his yoke. And we cast and we throw those cares. The Greek word for cares means anxiety. The state of being overcome. Anxiety, the state of being overcome. If you have anxiety, you know what it feels like for your brain or your emotions to be pulled apart. When difficult circumstances come up, when life gets hard, and it's easy for us to become anxious and worried, what do we do? We cast our cares on Him. Why? Because He cares about you. We must cast all of our cares upon Him. Past cares, present cares, and future cares. Trusting that He has he has our future in his hands. But you'll have to learn to release it to him. See, it's only through the process of releasing our lives to him that we begin to see the results of casting those cares off of ourselves and begin to live with that freedom. Said differently, as long as you're trying to hold on to your will and your plan, you will continue to live with anxiety and worry. Rather than casting your cares, you carry them. And how does that work out? We all know it doesn't. We all have felt that it doesn't. Next thing we do is we transform our anxiety into prayer. Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Repeat after me. Say, don't worry. Pray. Simple. Don't worry. Pray. About everything. Goes on to say, tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience. You notice that right there? Then. What does that mean? It means that if you do these other things, then you will experience what you know you experience. You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Again, the word for worry here means to do not be anxious. Again, we're talking about Greek word that's used here. It means anxiety, the state of being full apart. The Greek word used here, anxiety, being full apart. Don't worry. Don't have anxiety about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So what's the solution? We turn our cares, our troubles, our anxieties into prayers. What's interesting is that we take something that's being used as a weapon against us by our enemy, and what do we do? We take that thing and we turn it right back on because we can turn it into a weapon for everything. We come to the point where we see God is big enough to solve all of our problems. God is big enough to take care of every need. 
And we pray to God about everything, even what we would consider small things. Why? Because those small things in life tend to become bigger and bigger the longer we let them go. So talking to God about everything that concerns us is a great step in winning the victory over worry and anxiety. The result of that kind of prayer is that the peace of God stands guard over two areas that create worry and anxiety. What does it say? The peace of God will guard your what? Your hearts and your minds. So your heart represents your feelings. Your heart represents your wrong feelings. The peace of God stands, stands guard over your heart from feelings and emotions that can take you to wrong places. The peace of God guards your mind, which represents your wrong thinking, the way that you're thinking about things. We need the peace of God as God as the guard over our hearts and minds to protect us from that anxiety. We need to turn our anxiety into prayer. And lastly, we need hope now more than ever. We need to activate hope. Romans 5, 3 through 5. It says, we can rejoice. Can you say rejoice? Rejoice. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. That's a tough one, isn't it? Who rejoices when problems and trials come up? How many of you get that phone call and just can't hold up in your joy, your rejoicing? We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us to do to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. Our character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loved us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. With his love. See, hope is a powerful force. Hope is unquestionably one of the most powerful forces in the world. As long as a person can hope, they can persevere. The trials that we go through give us endurance and also builds our strength of character. We are shaped by the things that we've gone through. We are shaped by our trials. We are shaped and molded in everything God is calling us to be by every circumstance we've gone through, every difficulty, every challenge. Hope enables us to have heroic efforts in the midst of insurmountable odds. Hope stirs passion. Hope energizes the will. Hope restains, or actually retains life. Sustains life. But the opposite is also true, isn't it? Without hope, we're defeated. Our passion will dry up. Our will is broken. And life seem to have no purpose in me. So hope is both powerful and essential. Because of this, our great enemy seeks to destroy our hope. The enemy desires to make our lives seem hopeless. He wants us to feel like there is nothing in our world that has value, nothing in our world that has possibility. He tries to accomplish this in different ways, but primarily he does this through the hardships that his plan is to make life as hard as he can so that we can focus on nothing else but our struggles. That's all we can see. We're blinded by the struggles in front of us. 
if, if difficulties are all we see, if that's all we can see for our futures, the difficulties, then hope quickly fades. Again, God takes the weapons used against us to grow us, to help us build endurance, and to strengthen our character. I want to remind you today that God is still faithful and he is still working things out for the good. How do we break the chains of anxiety and worry? We come to God. We willingly take on his yoke. We cast our cares, our anxieties, our worries on him because he can take the weight. We transform our anxiety into prayers. The very thing that's being used as a weapon against us, we turn it right back as a weapon of prayer. And we don't lose hope. This is how we move from anxiety to prayer. Let's pray again this morning. Lord, I pray that you would help us to overcome our anxiety and our worries today. Whatever we walk into this room with, whatever weights we carry on our shoulders, whatever sin or God just can't seem to break. But we're praying for breakthroughs. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the strength to release all of our anxiety, all of our cares to you. To willingly exchange our will for your will. To turn our anxiety into prayer so that we can experience your peace that guards our hearts our minds. Lord, we need your presence. We need your power. And we need your people. As we draw closer to you, use us to fulfill your purposes on this earth. In Jesus' name I pray. Now you may be listening this morning. You've never given your life over to Christ. Whether you're here in this room or you're watching online, but you're ready to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ. You've been carrying the weight of your past for far too long. You're exhausted with worry. You're exhausted with anxiety. Jesus' invitation is for you. He says to you this morning, you're carrying that burden. Come to me. You who are burdened, heavy laden, and I will make you rest. Jesus Christ can redeem your past and help you to change the living life of purpose from this day forward. He is promised that he'll forgive all of your sins. Everything you've done, We're gonna have to get out all you have to do is ask and receive him into your life. You get a brand new salvation. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ or you want to renew that relationship, today is the day. I'm going to ask with every head bowed, every eye closed, that you would say this prayer, whether it be in your heart or whispering to yourself. Say it out loud if you want. If you're watching online, say it right there in your living room, wherever you're watching from. Oh Lord, I believe you died for my sins. Today I'm willing, I'm willingly giving my life over to you. I take on your yoke that I may have peace. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe you rose again. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new right now and fill me with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. If you just said that prayer, I just want to encourage you to download an app on your phone to buy that app called U version. 
pick up the devotional called First Steps for New Believers. And I encourage you to take some next steps in your faith and continue to grow in your faith. You make a huge important first step. I want to make sure that you're grounded and you're growing in your faith. If you live locally, we'd love to see you here on Sundays at 10 a.m. If you don't live locally, find a church near you that's preaching out to you and get involved there, get plugged in so you can continue to grow in your faith, so that you can continue to go beyond today into the future. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of giving, but encouraging one another in all the more as you see the day approaching. My charge to you this morning is to go free from the worries of this world because you have cast that on him who is able to carry it for you. Go and transform your anxiety into prayers. Go with the hope only God gives, and go and spur one another on to love and to do good deeds. May God bless you. Have a great Sunday. See you next week.